Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. My name is Rob Samuelson, and I'm here with Jeff Luddington, the lead pastor here at Generations. I'm an elder here, and we are doing this podcast in the middle of a theme called Questions from the Classroom. Last year, both Jeff and I taught at Valley Christian High School. I've been teaching there for 14 years. Jeff was there last year for the first year and took down a lot of questions from our high school students. And we've been systematically answering those questions throughout the last, I don't know, couple months. Systematically sounds a lot smarter than we are. You sure? Sorry. We've been doing them in a certain order. Does that sound (laughs) better? Just dumb it down a little bit just for us. All right. Uh, So we've got a question this week that is very timely. The question asked by one of our students is, is it wrong to celebrate Halloween? Hmm. What do you think? You know, let me answer it with my own personal experience growing up. um, I didn't grow up in a family of Christians. Uh, My my stepmom came to faith when I was seven or right around turning eight. And my she right when she married my dad, uh, he came to faith then. And uh, it was in the late seventies, early eighties, where there was a lot of legalism. And I, I think there was this effort to purge the church of all cultural evil. And so I was taught as a kid that Halloween was this ancient druid or satanic practice. You know, lots of satanic influence. And so I think that's where this comes from. I think this is kind of a holdover from that era of the church. There's still a question on, you know, is this actually okay to do? You know, are the, are, is the history true or not? And so that's what we're going to pick up on today. All right. So the English teachers at our school would really look down on us for using Wikipedia as a source. But We're not going to tell them. Yeah, we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> just the beginning of, of what Wikipedia has to say about Halloween is that Halloween is a a contraction of All Hallows' Evening, or All Hallows' Eve, or All Saints' Eve. And it's a celebration observed in many countries on October 31st, the eve of the Western Christian feast of All Hallows' Day. It begins the observance of a time in the liturgical year or the church year dedicated to remembering the dead, including the saints, the martyrs, all the faithful that have departed. Uh, When I read that, I I see the word hollow or hallowed, Mm -hmm. and I think of uh, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So how did we get from something that is hallowed or holy, focusing on martyrs and saints, to something that many people today consider uh, satanic and that something that Christians should stay away from? Right. So there's going to be a bit of a chicken and the egg thing. Like what came first? Did the ancient non-Christian practices come before the, you know, All Hallows' Eve or the, you know, kind of the celebration of martyrs and saints and things like that. And uh, we're not going to be able to answer that. There is no conclusive answer on which one came first. Um, But there are two parallel traditions. One is either Celtic or Gaelic, right? So that kind of English, Scottish, Irish, kind of that uh, that part of the world, um, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, um, has a tradition called Samhain. And uh, if you are anywhere near my age and you're an old punk rock fan, right? The Misfits, Glenn Danzig, when he broke off in the Misfits, formed a punk rock band called Sam Hain. If that's too old for you, maybe Danzig in the 90s, I don't know. But anyhow, there's that's what I hear when I hear this. But uh, Sam Hain had a pagan roots, and pagan just means false worship, false gods, right? And so they worship gods other than the God of the Bible, the God of creation. And so... 
Um, you know, some say that the tradition traces its roots back to Samhain. Others say that uh, All Hallows Eve or all, you know, All Saints Day, basically, in, in kind of normal language, is the origin. And so, you know, what we're asking is, and, and we do, the word Halloween has hollow in it. It has holy in it and, and from a Christian tradition. So what do we do with all that, right? Right. Well, as you mentioned, I think uh, a lot of times when we talk about Christian holidays, you know, special celebrations, right. there's always that question of, um, was it originally a Christian holiday and then was secularized by the world or the other way around? Um, I've never heard of Samhain before, and just right. to, to make sure everybody's the clear on this. The the holiday. I neither. Okay, all right. <laughs> I have heard of the Misfits and Danzig. There we go. Uh, but just to make sure we're clear on this, this is not somebody's name, Samhain. It's S-A-M-H-A-I-N. It's right. one word. Right. Uh, so can you give us any more information about that, and maybe we'll look at how those traditions okay. influenced what we celebrate today. I'm going to forego the fact that you don't know the band and, and not do the punk rock history, just for the record, all right? So... <laughs> Um, Samhain was one of the four main festivals in Gallic or Celtic calendar, right? It marked the end of the harvest and the beginning of winter. Uh, Samhain customs are mentioned all throughout me- medieval texts, you know, roughly a thousand years ago, even more. Um, and it's said that one festival lasted about a week and it involved a lot of feasting, a lot of drinking of alcohol and some fun and games, right? Some, some contests between people. So all stuff that never happens today, right? Okay, so um, there are some traditions that kind of go back to Druids. And Druids are people that worshipped everything from spirits to trees, honestly. And so um, some of these traditions had a bonfire that was made, sacrifices, you know, sacrifices were made to false gods, you know, what we would call false gods, right? Uh, Sometimes burning their sacrifices, but just to push pause for a minute, the entire Old Testament has to do with burning animal sacrifices too. So uh, whether the sacrifice is to God, our God, you know, or to a false God is really the, the dividing line because the traditions in some ways are similar, right? So bonfires were a big part of these festivals, right? And they would, you know, light and douse the, the bonfires in ways of kind of protection over their homes. There was all kinds of, you know, Things that w- happened along with this. Uh, honestly, take out the animal sacrifice, and it's not much different than a Friday night in Huntington Beach, right? Lots of bonfires, possibly some drinking and some games. You know, there's a lot of that going on. All right, so there does obviously seem to be some influences from this non-Christian tradition. Right. So how do we get from celebrating martyrs to people dressing up and carving pumpkins? Where does that come from? Yeah, exactly, right? And so... Traditions that we have today, uh, when I say we, I mean modern American Halloween. The traditions that we have, you know, are an amalgamation of things. They come from a mixture of influences. You know, in Samhain, they had the flames being brought from the bonfire back, and they would take them back to their homes. And sometimes they would do that by uh, digging up these turnips. And there's a there's another root type uh, thing. I don't even know how to pronounce it, so I'm not going to try. Uh, but turnips, these other roots, and they would hollow them out and they'd put fire or a candle, you know, kind of a modern day candle inside of them. And these larger ones, sometimes they would carve with grotesque faces. That's a quote, grotesque faces. <laughs> and they would set them on windowsills sometimes. And so uh, those who made them and used them as lanterns often used them to represent spirits, idols, supernatural beings, and they were trying to ward off evil, 
All right. They weren't trying to be evil. They were trying to ward off evil. And this was common all over Ireland and Scotland, or, you know, modern day Ireland and Scotland, uh, all the way up to the, the, the 20th century. So the 1900s. Hmm. Yeah. When I think of grotesque faces, I'm not going to make a joke here, even though I'm looking right <laughs> at you. Hey, I've got a face for <laughs> podcasting for sure. But I, I mean, I was, the ward off evil spirits, I was thinking of like gargoyles, right? We went to the, um, man, where was that? The National Cathedral. Okay. And just you know, big Catholic church and just yeah. gargoyles all over the place. So there is a mix between the church and, and there is. these kind of histories. The Roman Catholic Church uses gargoyles, which are these mythic creatures with crazy faces, on their cathedrals. Like, again, so when you hear this, understand Christianity, whether it be Catholic, Protestant, or Orthodox, there's a blend. It's not all one way or another. Right. And just fun fact, when we were at the National Cathedral, we were told one of the gargoyles is Darth Vader. <laughs> on there. So if you ever get a chance to look that up. Um, so how do we get, you know, we talked about about pumpkins and dressing up. How do we get to the spirits, the ghost side of this thing? Right. So we got little kids dressing up as Casper the Friendly Ghost, right? And how did we Ooh, get you there? You just dated yourself, man. Casper? Well, Casper had a movie come back out. I think he was making a resurgence about I 10 years ago. That was, I don't think that was a while ago, man. No. All right. Well, I am old, so <laughs> that's all right. Me too. Samhain, going back to the to the Celtic Gaelic tradition, right, was uh, viewed as what they call a liminal time. And the word liminal seems to be making uh, a comeback as well. And liminal means that the space in between two things is liminal. And so the space between this life and the afterlife is viewed as smaller, if you will, during this time of year. And so as the seasons are changing, this was viewed as a liminal space. And so in Gaelic traditions or Celtic traditions, the spirits or even fairies, quote unquote, little folk is how that's translated, could easily come into our world, right? They could jump from the other world into our world. Of course, clearly that's not a Christian tradition. And so during Samhain, there would often be offerings of food and drink and portions of the crops left out to those beings as a way of kind of protecting themselves. Right, and it sounds like we get maybe some of our costume ideas from that, Absolutely. fairies and, and spirits and things like that. Um, yeah, and then, and then the idea of leaving food and drink out sounds a little bit more like Christmas. Right? Cookies and milk, Cookies right? Cookies and milk, there yeah. we go. Um, now, we've been kind of just using some of the fun comparisons on this right. and, and transitions, but there is some, some evil ideas, some, some witchcraft and things right. like that that people think of when they think of, of Halloween. So where does that come from? So really some of the evil stuff comes around witchcraft. Um, Satanism draws its uh, references from some other places, but Wicca or Wiccans, um, they do use this date, right? So Wiccans celebrate a variation of Samhain. They adapted it to their practices uh, as one of their yearly Sabbaths or Sabbaths. They spell a little different, but there's you know four major ones, and this is one of the greater Sabbaths that they celebrate and it's a time to celebrate. And I want to, I'm just, again, I'm going to quote, and I, we, again, there's multiple articles across Wikipedia, history channels, things like that. But um, some Wiccans use this time as a celebrate to, to celebrate the lives of those who have died. And it often involves paying respect to ancestors, family members, elders of their faith, friends, and listen, even pets or other loved ones who had died. And so in some of their rituals, the spirits of the dead are invited to attend these festivities. So it's seen as a festival of darkness or, you know, winter coming on, but also as a liminal space, this thinnest point in the whole year, making it easier to communicate 
with the dead who have left this world. So you can see like kind of a martyrdom celebration over here and a Wiccan celebration of trying to talk to the dead uh, in some ways aren't all that far off. The, the intentions and who is being worshipped are very far apart, but some of the traditions blur, if you will. Right. So we see those common themes. We see that looking at people who have gone mm -hmm. on before us, either celebrating them or with the, the Sam Hain tradition of, right. of trying to communicate with them and bring them back. Um, and so we do see that that there is some influence, and I think some influence back and forth between these two different celebrations right. and beliefs. But what we saw when we were researching this is a lot of key words, a lot of things that kept coming up, um, festivals, Sabbaths, new moons. So I think as as we're answering this question, um, people aren't looking for Wikipedia answers, they're right. looking for biblical answers. So where do we go to get the biblical per perspective? Sorry on this. Yeah, and so we use the the Wikipedia articles as something you can go look up Halloween or Samhain or you know Wicca or whatever, right? And and it's not a thousand percent. You know you're going to always find you know 100 percent accuracy, right? Um, but Samhain had some traditions and festivals, right? And Wiccans tried to contact the dead. And, but Christians had this celebration of martyrs. And so there are some overlaps, right? And, and so, you know, in all these articles, festivals, new moon, Sabbath, like you said, repeat themselves. And so there's a verse that really, that was the first verse I was thinking of when we started talking about this. So with, with a little background, Think of this verse in Colossians 2. Paul's writing to the church in Colossae, and he says, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, and with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. Those three words that were repeated in Wikipedia are used right there in that, that phrase. So let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink, and with regard to festival or new moon or Sabbath. These are a shadow of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up about reason by a sensuous mind. So let me break that down really fast. Let no one pass judgment on you. So no matter what your neighbor says, you have to figure this out, right? So your very legalistic Pharisee Christian next door neighbor, sorry, I know I just offended somebody, but for that person, right, don't let them judge you if you come to the conclusion that your kid can dress up as you know, the newest, you know, DC comic or whatever, right? I know now I've offended Marvel fans. Anyhow, so, uh, you know, if they want to dress up and go trick-or-treating, don't let your Christian neighbor judge you. Or if you choose to abstain from some things or not use some costumes or not do a pumpkin, don't let your, you know, your non-religious next-door neighbor judge you either. Like, try to figure out how are you supposed to do this. And it talks about the regards of festivals, new moons, or Sabbaths, right? There's been lots of practices around these, even in Christian traditions, of holding some days higher than others. Our modern version of that's Christmas and Easter, but there are traditional churches that do feasts and festivals, and you know they frown on those who are you know common Protestants who don't do that, right? Well, you've got to figure out what you do, right? And what Paul says is, listen, all of this is a shadow or, or, or you know a kind of a look towards things to come, right? We're anticipating the festivals, feasts in heaven. But the substance belongs to Jesus. The substance of what you do must belong to Jesus. How do we glorify Jesus in our lives, right? He says, let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism, which means abstaining from all the other worldly things. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism, he says. You don't have to abstain or, you know, you're less than others because you participate. He talks about worship of angels, which is a whole different kind of thing, but... 
He says, listen, man, don't worry about everybody else and what they're doing. Find how you can do this or not do this. Find where your conscience lies, right? Understand what you celebrate and what you don't celebrate. And then do that and honor Jesus. Right, and that, that kind of leads me to 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 23 to 31. Just to save on some time, we'll just look at a couple of those. Um, Paul writes, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. And it just seems like there's some discernment in this, right? The idea of I can, but should I? And I think the idea, too, of not allowing others to judge us for what we do, but also not judging those, right? There is Mm -hmm. that freedom in there. Um, Eat whatever is sold in the meat market without raising any questions on the ground of conscience, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, right? We get the idea of, of in those days going out and buying meat, and not being concerned about whether the person who was hunting the meat, whether they gave thanks to a, a different God, right. whether they you know, did some sort of sacrifice before they went on a hunt, that our conscience is clear mm-hmm. in that situation. And then uh, verse 30, if I partake with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of that for which I give thanks? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And I think there is some some latitude in this to say, you know what, we're going to do this and we're going to go out and have some fun and we're going to celebrate with our neighbors or have people over the house or do a harvest festival or whatever, um, but do it to God's glory without participating in some of the other things that are out there. Yeah, there's, yeah, there, there, there is absolutely some what we'll call slippery slopes on both sides, right? It's like you're kind of walking this fine line or, you know, maybe the line isn't so fine. Maybe it's a little broader than we want to give it credit for. But on one side, you can clearly drift off into something, you know, that, that is evil, right? I'm not going to go over to my neighbor's house and, you know, after they put their kids to bed, they're like, hey, we break out the Ouija board because it's Halloween and fun. Like, I'm not going to participate in that, right? And, and I, I'm not going to, you know, unfriend them in life because they do it. But I'm also, you know, I'm not worried about, you know, what the overly religious next door neighbor thinks, you know, if... if I dress up or hand out candy. Like I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not, there, there's one way or the other you can go too far. I would say this, if we go too far and we outlaw everything, I mean the Super Bowl's out, right? Because people make football a religion. By the way, the Cowboys are four and one right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm there. So, Cardinals are five and oh. There you same. go, they here's the R, right? So just because some dude gets plastered and worships football does not mean I can't attend the Super Bowl, but we should also remember the, the Super Bowl starts at, what, 3 in the afternoon or something like that. You don't have to skip church just because it's Super Bowl Sunday, right? You know, Sturgis is out if you ride a motorcycle, you know, just because there's lots of debauchery. It doesn't mean you participate in that. But, you know, you, if you keep doing that, Christmas is out because December 25th is clearly not the date that Jesus was born. It's not even the season Jesus was born in. It was a Christianized holiday. Ishtar was the pagan holiday that Christians use for Easter. We celebrate the resurrection. We do that with a full, clean, open heart, no, you know, no conscience violations. And so Halloween could be put in that category. We're not really celebrating All Saints Day, but we're also not celebrating some Celtic, Druid worship of the dead. Yep, and we're going to end it right there. So just with the idea of um, you can do that with a, a clear conscience, use your discernment, figure out what is okay, what is not okay, um, but bless people on that day. It's a great opportunity to share some yeah. some experiences with your neighbors, your friends, um, 
And then even, yeah, there were people when I was a kid who would just pass out gospel tracts on... This. Please don't do that. Yeah. If you're listening, please do nothing. If you want candy, nothing. you're right. hoping for candy and you get a gospel tract, you're a little disappointed. Yes, do nothing <laughs> instead of that. So thank you for joining us. We release a new one of these episodes every Tuesday. We hope you will share it. This is a great discussion to have with your friends, family, neighbors, um, other church members, just uh, without judging, but just get into why you do or don't do certain things. Uh, if you have any questions that you would like us to address in any of the future episodes, please send them to questions at generations.email, and we pray that God will bless you in the coming week. For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church, G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at ginfamilychurch.